Hey, what's up? You'll hear it, listeners. Uh, this is a continuation of our weekend series that we've uh, started. These are little snippets from our other podcast called The Process, which are more long-form interviews that Peter has done with his friends and great musicians. Um, this is uh, the second part of our Gregory Hutchinson episode, and it, it's a really great conversation. Hutch talks about playing on uh, Joe Henderson's Lush Life record, and he talks about being in Roy Hargrove's band, and... Uh, playing with Ray Brown, and uh, it's just really great to hear these old friends talk jazz and talk shop, and uh, yeah, I uh, hope you enjoy. This is Greg Hutchinson and Peter Martin. Um, so, let's, you brought up the Joe Henderson, and that's, you know, that's one of my favorite records from that era, mm-hmm. and I, I remember because it's you and Stephen Scott, uh, Christian McBride, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys were young, young, I mean, Christian was probably like 18, 19 or something. Yeah, and um, Joel Henderson and yep. Wynton Marsalis. Wynton, yep. Yeah, and that's um, uh, the Lush Life. Lush Life. Yeah, the music of Billy Strayhorn, and I really think that that is one of the best records of the '90s of really any era. But it like really typifies, yeah, to me that sound. It's so well recorded, and and your playing on there is so, you know, it's got all the the Hutch stuff we come to know and love. You know, like the precision, mm-hmm. the swing. The groove, um, the interaction, the really attention to like comping at the right time, but it's young Hutch, you know, which is funny because that's like very young <laughs> Hutch. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's so mature in in, in like the professionalism of how you're playing. But yeah. I never thought about. It. I remember I, I was doing like a, a workshop or something at, up at Berkeley and talking to some of the students, and they're like, "Man, I love your playing on blah 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 record," and that was when you you know. It was like a drummer, and he's like, that was, you know, young Hutch, you know. And I was like, wow, I, I, I still think of you as young Hutch. Yeah, me like, too. Damn, I, like, I better like, start <laughs> practicing some more. I'm like, are there different periods of Hutch? But there are. There are. There, there are. are. Yeah. And it's really exciting for me because, you know, you know, I still I still go back and reference that record. Because, yeah. I mean, Joe's playing on that. I mean, that's one of his best records he ever he, made. He you know? sounded great. Yeah. yeah he really and I think did. that was, you know, the, another example. I mean, in his own way, certainly different. Betty Carter was... With, I mean, we we were really like pupils of her in, yeah. in terms of like the University of Betty yeah. Carter, and Joe was soft, more soft spoken, and you kind of you know probably learn by following him yeah. and stuff. But that experience for you guys to play with him and to represent like you did, I mean, yeah. that, that wasn't like just some young punks kind of feeling their way through that record. So yeah. those of y'all that haven't heard that record, because I always see it as like a classic, and I'm surprised sometimes I'll mention it to young musicians. Oh, I don't know, like, you know, Joe Henderson, because he's not with us uh, anymore. That's the thing, you know. He's, uh, that's a master right there, and, and that's truly, you know, him and his prime. Yeah. Uh, you know that recording session was so funny because uh, you know Joe is like you said very soft spoken and he'd come in and say okay cats uh, and you know the first day took a long time because we were having some technical difficulties Uh-oh. got it and um, but once we got rolling it, it was it was something else and you know for me I was in awe you know I I was I, I think at the at the time I didn't really realize it but I knew something was special about the record because the vibe was just going so well and uh, I think that's one of my favorite record dates not not even as a the person playing but just to hear Joe Henderson sound like Joe Henderson like with a vibe and so 
it's like having an out-of-body experience. You know, you're part of something, but you you stand out and you look at it and you go, wow, this is this is kind of neat. And I think that really helped my career uh, tremendously. Um, but it's funny, you know, that, that is young Hutch, and um, we're still young, but we learn so much. Life, life's, life's, the life of the life, and let's put it that way, teaches you about yourself and playing the instrument, and you grow every year that you're living and you become more experienced mm. you know and that's just naturally that's you know that's for anybody and so when you put the work in plus the experience it you know you evolve and you hear music differently and I, i've evolved you know i started bebop and and i still love bebop bebop is the shit but we evolve to understanding other styles of music and i think it makes us who we are well-rounded musicians it makes us able to to function no matter what is going on you know and I, I see that with with me you uh with Ruben you know with all my friends that we play with Josh with Aaron whoever mm. that you know we're we're kind of the older guys now but the younger generation we're still able able to work with everybody because we understand music right right you right. know yep so well I mean I think I've you know I've seen that in you know in your career and the arc of your career and the types of uh, bands that you've been involved with recordings, mm -hmm. you know, like that one, but also bands and really being like the foundation of mm -hmm. a band and a sound yeah. that you, you've always understood that yeah. from that drummer perspective so well. And I just wanted to, you know, kind of move to the Roy Hargrove period, Ooh. you know, Beep and, up. yeah, you know, so that was like, when did you start playing with Roy? It was like 93. Yeah. 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 Um, so how did you, how did you first meet Roy? I met Roy doing one of those, I think it was uh, jazz conventions. Maybe it was IAJE or something like that. Mm. And uh, <laughs> we were in a breakfast line. And, you know, he had these, these shades on and he was standing behind me. And somehow I turned around and he, like, tried to jump in front of me. You know, I'm a New York cat, so... That shit wasn't really gonna work. I was like, "Yo, man, yo, 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 what you doing, man?" And so he was like, "Hey, hey," I, I, I was like, "Nah, nah, nah, you got to step back now." He's like, "Oh, wait, 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 you got you?" And I was like, "Yeah, what's up, man?" He's like, "I'm Warhago." I was like, "Oh, what's up, man? Stand back, you know." Okay. And so we started. You're laughing. like, you ain't Roy Hargrove yet. Yeah, we just started laughing, and um, it was funny. Oh, because I was I was playing with, wow, did I had I already? Uh, who's I there with, man? Oh no! I met him. So when I met him, this is before before the, I met him when I was playing with Red Rodney, mm. and so I went to one of these conventions. So fast forward, you know, here we are, and we're talking, and uh, you know, it, it came up. Uh, they would they wanted he wanted to have this band, and he always talking about this band. We stayed in touch. Oh, this band, this band, this band. And he put out these records, and. Uh, what was the uh, the diamond in the rough? Diamond in the rough, yeah. right? And uh, Art was and right RCA after that, yeah, yeah, right after that, you know, joined the band and we started playing all this music. And you know, those cats, you know how we were. We were into bebop, you know. We had a killing band, and but the music, we had this fiery young energy. Yeah. So I guess we had this another chip on our shoulders, like we we knew we were the stuff, <laughs> and we swagger. actually could we 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 had a swag about, yeah. to our thing, man, and. Yeah. It was good because, you know, at that time, wind was really hitting. Um, and there was a youthful movement, not only playing the music, but people listening to the music, which is what we have to get back. So the next period, 
I know was was huge for you and, and for everyone that got a chance to hear, which is the Ray Brown period. Yes. Um, um, how did you how did you get to start playing with Ray? Well, you know, like I said, everyone's fortune is 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 something that that you can't really predict, and think different things happen at different times. Basically, I was recommended by Lewis Nash and Kenny Washington, and uh, they called and said, "Hey, would you would you be into playing with Ray?" while I was playing with Roy. And I heard him play, and he said, yeah, I like the way you play. I'll give you a call if the chair ever comes open. So, you know, someone says that to you, like, eh, okay, yeah, whatever, they're just being nice. So, sure enough, he called. And he said, hey, would you like to join the band? And, you know, and that those years were... Everyone that I played with before that was incredible, and I'm so thankful. But playing with Ray Brown probably, for me, was the most incredible uh, thing that could have happened in my life. Not only because it was Ray Brown, but, but he was such a caring man. He was like my dad. He became really like my dad. You know, my mom and dad divorced when I was young. Ray Brown took me in and treated me like I was his son. And I'll forever, uh, I'll forever love you, Ray Brown, in the skies, in the heavens, playing with all those greats now. Celia Brown, uh, his wife, still alive, and they treated me like family. And that, to me, that was better than any musical thing that we played on stage. It was the love that he showed. It really showed me that the music is so much deeper than than just the notes on it that we play. It's it's this camaraderie that we have and the, and the love that we have for each other. So even if me, like for instance, my, myself and yourself, maybe we might not see each other for, for years or whatever, but we talk and when we come back together, it's like we we were just here. Mm. That's a camaraderie that, that doesn't exist in too many other things that people do in the world. And so for me, Ray Brown offered that. And plus, you know, of course, being Ray Brown and that beat, you know, it taught me something about the beat and the, just a high level to be on every night, just like Betty, right, right. you know, just like Joe, just like Red, but Ray was, you know, this this co constant professional, you know. Mm. Well, and there you have it, folks. Uh, please go to youllhearit.com to stay on top of the game for You'll Hear It. Leave us a rating and review. Expect more of these weekend episodes uh, of these great conversations. Um, and if you want to hear the full conversation, you can always subscribe to The Process with Peter Martin. That's on iTunes and Spotify and Google Podcasts and Stitcher. And until next time, you'll hear it. Mm -hmm.